Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. That's right, folks. Another Saturday in the sporting world means another Saturday at Garage Door Sports. Nick McVicker joined through the Garage Door Sports Cup phone by my great co-host, Kyle Vardy. Kyle, how are you doing today, my man? Doing good, doing good. Another Saturday, ready to talk some sports. Yeah, other than, you know, com- computer issues, right? Yeah, I mean, that's comes with the territory, I guess. Unfortunately, it does. Um, we got a lot to talk about, dude. Uh, before we get into like the big stuff for this week, can I just say I'm really missing baseball? I didn't think I was going to be saying that in January. I don't know yeah. why. I miss baseball. I want to play again. It's bad. Mm-hmm. I got my Jays shirt on. Like that's how much I'm missing baseball, bro. <laughs> sure. But lots of other stuff to talk about. We got, I mean, Djokovic's visa got canceled uh, mm-hmm. again. Don't know if he's going to play in the Aussie Open. We got the NHL All-Star rosters announced and some surprises, I guess, is probably the best way to put it. Uh, And then also we have NFL Super Wild Card Weekend this weekend starting today. 4.30, I think, is the first kickoff or 4 o'clock is the first kickoff. 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock is the first kickoff today. Two games today, three games tomorrow, one game on Monday night. It's going to be a lot of fun. We will preview all of that as well. But first, let's start with the kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. Calling all kickers and punters in the Southern Ontario region. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferraro brothers, Daniel and Gabe, are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to help you take your special team game to the next level. For more information, visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or follow them on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy. And Kyle, we're going to start with the NHL All-Star rosters. Now, McKinnon, Matthews, McDavid, Ovechkin named the all-star captains. I'm going to run through the four teams really, really quick here, okay? And then we'll give our opinions. For the Atlantic Division, Matthews is going to be joined by Drake Batherson, Dylan Larkin, Jonathan Huberdeau, Patrice Bergeron, Nick Suzuki, Rasmus Dahlin, Victor Hedman, and then the two goalies are Vasilevsky and Campbell. For the Metro, you joining Ovechkin is Claude Giroux, Chris Kreider, Sebastian Ajo, Jack Hughes, Adam Fox, Adam Pellick, Zach Wierenski, and the two goalies are Jari and Anderson. Shout out former Leaf, Frederick Anderson. <laughs> um, Central Division, joining Nathan McKinnon is Alex Debrinkat, Clayton Keller, Joe Pavelski, Kirill Kaprasov, Kyle Connor, Jordan Cairo, Kale McCarr, and then the two goalies are Talbot and Saros. Only one defenseman on that team. Yeah, that was. I found that interesting when they announced that. To be honest. And also, the Pacific only has one defenseman. So joining McDavid in the Pacific is Adrian Kempe, Johnny Goudreau, Jordan Eberle, Leon Draisaitl, Mark Stone, Timu Meyer, uh, Alex Petrangelo, the lone defenseman, and then the goalies are Gibson and Demko. Um, so those are the four teams. I mentioned the one defenseman on the Pacific and Central. I, that that seems odd to me, but that's like, what is that about? I mean. To be honest, it's one of those. How much defensemen play a factor in an all-star game? I guess this is a really question. Especially three on three. 
Yeah, that's that's the thing, right? It's like you, you got to think like those, those defensemen that were included in the other divisions too, though, are are some of those defensemen where it's offense go forward, like they're not really shut down guys or anything like that. You, you I mean Hedman, yes, but Hedman's also a very offensive defenseman too. So he's probably the best think, defenseman in the game because he can do everything. Exactly, and and so so I understand why. You know, a couple of the divisions only have one because, like, Makar is a pretty good offensive defenseman. He has, I'm pretty sure, he's close to leading the team in goals. So, yes, he's I mean, second, I believe. Yeah, so it's it's kind of it's kind of hard to argue that that fact. So I'm not surprised, but yeah. it still seems odd though. Like just just the fact that normally there's supposed to be three defensemen, and there's only one division that has three defensemen. That's the Metro. Yeah. Like it just it just is. Weird to me that they're not giving defensemen credit. I think, and I mean, we'll get into this later. I think it's purely because every team has to have a representative. And I think that's why. Fair. I think yeah, that, I think you, if you look at those teams, the, the divisions that only sent one defenseman, what defenseman are you going to send from those teams? Like well, I, could have thought, I, I, I know at least one other Colorado defenseman for the Central Division, but Colorado already has two players in, so they weren't going to send a third. Yeah. Which, by the way, is another issue. Of course. And we'll get into that as well. Um, as far as the Pacific Division, like, I mean, I guess in the... Oh, no, they have two, two as well. I was going to say maybe Matt Dumba from Minnesota could have gone. He said yeah. a pretty good year. Um. I, yeah, I guess you're right. It's just because that those teams that I would pick another defenseman from Colorado, Minnesota, in the Pacific, I would probably say I could have sent Theodore as well from Vegas. But all those teams yep. already have two players. Well, and it's it's one of those like you think like so who who's one of the weaker teams, right? Arizona, Clayton Keller. Who are you going to send as a defenseman in that team instead? You're not. The only the only one that you would send is Chikrin, and I wouldn't say he's had a good enough season to be in the All Star game. No, he he's had to be quite honestly, he's had a terrible season. So, yeah. but he's um, he's their best. If, well, may, actually, maybe Gostisbehere this year. He's had a pretty good offensive season. Yeah, potentially, but I mean, to me, I I would almost think, and like obviously with the last man in ballot still to come, um, like the the next best option is Phil Kessel. To be honest. Uh, from Arizona, so it's like there's another defense, there's another forward that is not a defenseman. So, I mean, it it, it kind of, and I mean, we can kind of get into that that segment is the, um, the whole one person from every team crap doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, well, Nathan McKinnon had some very very strong words. Now, granted, he was talking about the fact that um, Nazem Kadri didn't make it into the. Yep. The All-Star game, which, by the way, is an absolute travesty. The guy's fourth in the league in points, and he's not on the All-Star roster. Like, what a, and what a joke. To be honest, no, no offense to McKinnon, Kadri deserves to be there more than McKinnon right now. I don't deny that. Kat, yeah. Nathan McKinnon's a better leader, which is why he was voted captain, and he's more personable, so that's why he got voted captain by the fans. Fine. Like, the captains yeah. are fan-voted. Whatever, I'm okay with that. Yeah. But Kadri should be there. I don't care. Yeah, and, and I, th- I think I think if there was one person per team, no matter what it was, you could make the argument that potentially Kale McCarr does deserve it over Kadri. But even then, Kadri's a very close second. If that's the case, yeah, it's it's and to Kadri, be honest, McCarr, McKinnon, then McKinnon. Like it's yeah. Kadri, McCarr, 
They're one, two, and McKinnon is third on based and off I of think, this I think season. I think there's there's a gap between that two and three yeah, spot too. There is. No, there is for sure. A hundred percent there's a gap between them. And then yeah. there's a gap between him and Rantanen, Landeskog, and Taves. Yeah. Right? But I, I wouldn't consider any of those three all star quality right now. Just based on the actual roster I see. Well I would say Taves is an all star worthy defenseman. But the all problem is they is only have good? one defenseman in the division. <laughs> Well, potentially, but I would also say probably I would take Yossi over him in a heartbeat. Fair, but I'm not, I'm not saying that Yossi doesn't deserve to be there too. No, of course, but if, if if yeah, if we had 1,400 players per All Star game, then yeah, we yeah, they are, he's an All Star quality player. But yeah. unfortunately, there's a limit on the roster. But anyways, let me get to McKinnon's actual comments he made. He said yep. it's silly. I don't think every team should send a guy. It's an All Star game, not mm-hmm. a participation game. Um, what do you think of that that statement, Kyle? Hundred percent agree. Not even a question. Like to be honest, and no offense to him, Drake Batherson is not an All Star player. Sorry, he's he might not. be the best player on Ottawa, but not. Yeah, but that, that's the thing. It's like, and like, is Dylan Larkin an All Star right now? No, is but Clayton somebody's got to represent Detroit. No, Keller's not a, an All Star right now either. He's one of those like. To me, I would swap out Keller for Kadri. Um, I would probably swap out Batherson, probably for Marchant, to be honest, because Marchant's having a, a great year in himself. I'd swap out Larkin for probably Barkoff, who, yes, Barkoff missed some time, but still has probably more points than Batherson does. Yeah, easily. so it's not even close. You could also throw I mean, in it, Tavares on that team if if you don't think Barkoff has played enough games. Tavares could be in the roster or Nylander. Well, and and to be honest, the fact that the fact that Batherson made it, and to me, if I'm thinking Ottawa, I think Brady to Chuck, but maybe he's not. I I don't know what he his missed, stats are. So maybe he's not having games, any right? So to Chuck's yeah. been out a little bit, so that's probably why. But like, but Suzuki shouldn't be there either, in my opinion. No, no, I. I but then again, like it's one of those out of Mon- out of somebody from Montreal. Who the hell are you going to? I know, take? no, not- I know. But we're saying we're saying if they didn't have to send one person per oh, team, 100%. Suzuki would not be on that roster. Batherson would not be on that roster. Larkin no. probably isn't even on that roster. No, I, I think I think to be honest, the only one you could really make an argument for, I think, would be Lucas Raymond. Yeah. Um, with, with him being a rookie and what he's doing, I mean, is his points near where some of the other All Stars are? No, but but is anybody with him being a rookie? Detroit? Sorry, is anybody on Detroit's points near anywhere else on the? I, I, I honestly don't know. Like, I, I think they're are they still middle of the pack? Or are they? Yeah, they're still middle off? of the pack. But I just don't. I, I can't think of anyone who's like stood out on their team point wise. I don't know. Let's check. Larkin's got thirty two. Raymond's He's got 40, thirty. Yeah, Larkin's forty first in the NHL in points right now with thirty two. I mean, Bertuzzi potentially could be higher if he played in Canada. I mean, if he played games in Canada. Yeah. If he played in Canada, he wouldn't have that many points, period. Well, no, he would have zero. Exactly. That's my point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's definitely some pieces, like, and even, like, and no offense to Darlene, but Darlene is not an all-star defenseman right now. I mean, he's no, got no, the potential okay, to sure, be. You're right, yeah. But but it's one of those, like, like Darlene should not be there. You know who should like, be there as a defenseman? We're talking Detroit. Cider should be there. Yeah. Right? We talked about Raymond doing sh- stuff as a rookie. More, most Cider deserves to be in the NHL All-Star game from Detroit. Not Dylan Larkin, yeah. in my opinion. 
They should have switched that, that out. And, and, but it's because Darlene had to go from Buffalo that Cider loses its spot. Well, it's like it's like the last man in vote. Tage Thompson's an option from Buffalo. It's like no. Tate Thompson is not getting in to be an all-star. I'm yeah, sorry. Speaking of the last man in ballot, let, let's go through options for each division. In the Atlantic division, the eight people who could go through are Charlie McAvoy, Tage Thompson, Lucas Raymond, Barkoff, who we've already talked about, Tyler Toffoli, Brady Kachuk, like you mentioned earlier, Stamkos is the option from Tampa, and then Tavares is the option from Toronto. Yep. I'm not really sure who I think deserves the most. I kind of hope Lucas Raymond gets the vote. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking it's probably going to be Barkoff or Tavares, which is yep. fun. I'm okay with that. Um, Metro Division, Svechnikov from Carolina, Voracek from Columbus, Bratt from New Jersey, Barzell from the Islanders, Zabinijad from the Rangers, which, you know, Justin's loving. Um, <laughs> Cam Atkinson from Philly, Jake Gensel from Pittsburgh, and Evgeny Kuznetsov from Washington. I mean, probably Svechnikov should get the vote. I don't. I yeah, I, I would. I would debate. There's probably three people, in my opinion. I think it's going to be. Uh, actually, I guess four technically. Um, it's going to be between Svechnikov, Kuznetsov, Getzel, and Atkinson. Yeah. Um, I think it depends I, on I think, which fan base comes out and votes more. Though. And I think it's also. Yeah. I think it's which which fan base is impartial as well. Yeah. Where who's somebody who's made necessarily you know. Is New Jersey players, New Jersey fans, all going to vote for Brat? Probably not, because they realize he probably shouldn't be there. Right. Um, I mean, there there are some diehards who it's oh yeah, it's New Jersey fans got to be there. He's got to be there. It's, no, I mean, I mean to be honest, there's there's much better options, and uh, we'll we'll see. I mean, could Zavinajad sneak in potentially with New York? Who knows? Yeah. Um, Central Division: Kessel, Seth Jones. Kadri, Jason Robertson, Ryan Hartman, Roman Yossi, Robert Thomas, and Mark Shifley. I mean, it should be Kadri. Mm-hmm. Will it be Kadri? That's a whole other issue, but it should be Kadri. Yep. Uh, and then in the Pacific, which is probably the worst vote-in one, <laughs> in my opinion, uh, Troy Terry, Matthew Kachuk, Darnell Nurse, Drew Doughty, Logan Couture, Mark Giordano, JT Miller, and Jonathan Marchessault. Um. I'm shocked Trevor Zegris isn't the one from Anaheim. Troy Terry's better. But Zegris is having a better year right now. Not really. For a rookie? Troy Terry has 23 goals. Got 22 goals, and Zegris has 10 goals, 19 assists, and is second in the team in points, playing four less games. Yeah. Troy Terry right now is the better player right now. Zegers is is a rookie, so he doesn't get as much credit. Don't get me wrong. I'll give him that. But Troy Terry right now is having an all-star quality season as a goal scorer. Fair. I mean, I just so, – I don't know. I just – To be honest, I think Troy Terry is the one who gets in. Yeah, I do too. Quite I don't think anyone else really – maybe Nurse, but that I'm not 100%. And, and, and going back to the other one, I think, I think there is a chance that Yossi gets in instead of Kadri just because they only have one defenseman. Right, there's a chance, but I think Kadri should be the one to come out of that. Oh, Kadri's deserving of it, 100%, but I think there is a small chance where it's, hey, we only have one defenseman on the roster. Maybe we should vote in another one. Yeah, but that's fans aren't going to just vote in another one. Crazier things have happened. Um, so the real question is, at this point, Kyle, who is the biggest snub for you of the NHL? And it can be somebody who's um, in the last man vote as well. I don't mind you using one of those. To be honest, it, it's 
to me, it's something. It's someone who didn't even get the last minute vote. And I, I already mentioned him. I think it's I think it's Marchand, to be honest. Um, he should have at least had a chance at the last man in vote over Charlie McAvoy. But um, I mean, maybe it's his. Maybe it's how he's viewed by other people and the fans and everybody with him being like a rat type player. Maybe that's the case. Don't get me wrong. I don't like the guy, but is he an all-star quality player? Yes. Yes, he is. I I can't (laughs) deny that. So, um, I mean, the other, the other option you could really give is of of course, Kadri not being automatically in, but I think Marchant being totally excluded is probably the biggest. I I like that call. And I mean, if we're if we're saying anybody, I would say Kadri's the biggest snub. Uh, but if we're saying guys who didn't even make the last man in vote, I'm actually going Igor Shesterkin from the Rangers. I know it's hard to vote the, the goalies. And, I mean, Anderson and Jari are both having great seasons. Don't get me wrong. They both probably deserve to be all-stars as well. But Shesterkin has a better save percentage, a better goal saved above expected, and a better goal saved above average numbers than both of those guys and the goal saved above average is kind of like ridiculous when you compare it to Anderson who's having an incredible year in Carolina but Shesterkin has a 17.2 goal saved above average Anderson is a 12.1 like that's that's a jarring number and well that's that to be honest he, you could probably argue that it should be Anderson and, and Shesterkin as the goalies instead of Jari actually you could so. probably argue that it should be Shesterkin and Jari as well Jari has a yeah. better save percentage, has a higher goal saved above average, and I'm pretty sure their goals against average is close between. Um, well, I know I know Anderson got blown out the other day, but he was sub two, so I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jari's two oh five, and Anderson's two oh eight. Yeah. Okay. So so him getting blown out yeah. skewed those numbers because he was one point nine eight going into this like yeah. during this last week. So. Yeah. And Shesterkin's one point nine nine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I, I would not be against that. That's the biggest thing. So, also, the fact is, I yeah. think, second in the league in shutouts. Or, sorry, he's tied for third in the league with Jari with three shutouts. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would 100% agree. Looking, looking at his numbers now, I would 100% agree that he definitely got shafted. Yeah. And who got in for the All Star game for the New York Rangers? Adam Adam Fox, but he's well deserving of it too. Yeah. So, I just the problem is is that Anderson is the one who should be dropped. But how do you not give him an All Star spot after the season he's had after coming out of Toronto and finally succeeding? Oh, 100 percent, and that's like, that's the like, problem. You, 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 yeah, well, and and that that is the problem, right? So, um, it's just one of those. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't get it. I mean, you, you look at like so. Let's just obviously, obviously, points are not everything, but they're something. Yeah. You look at the top point leaders in the NHL right now. You know, Stamkos and Kadri are five and six on that list, and they're both vote-ins rather than automatically in. Brad Marchant's eight, and Rantanen's yeah. nine. Both of them aren't even on a vote-in. Yeah. Uh, is Goudreau? Goudreau, uh, Goudreau, Goudreau's in. He's made it, yeah. Roman Yossi's 14th. Second highest defenseman behind Hedman. Not even... Yeah. He's not in right away. Kyle Connor. Is, Kyle Connor made it. He is in. Um, Troy Terry, you mentioned. He's not... 
He's in the final vote in William Nylander. Top yep. 20. What was that? Like six guys in the top 20 aren't even on the roster. Yeah. And, and it, I, it, it all comes back to that. Every team has to have one. And that's one of those, like, like is there very deserving people on certain teams that don't get enough credit when they're, when they're a really weak team? hundred percent. Don't get me wrong about that. But does every team deserve to send somebody to the all-star game? Because no. it's the all-star game. No. And, and that's why, to be honest, I don't care about the All-Star game anymore. I really don't. And I don't think any NHL players truly care about the All-Star game anymore. Like, before, it was a great honor to be named the All-Star game. Now, you can't add that to your accolades. You can't say, oh, I'm an 11-time All-Star. Yeah, because you played on a team who had to send somebody, so all of a sudden, now you're in the All-Star game. So, it's it's ruined that accolade of, you know, an All-Star or, like, It'd be, I guess the all-star game for the NHL would be very similar to like an all-pro season for the NFL, right? I don't, I don't view the Pro Bowl the same. The Pro Bowl is a freaking whole different thing. Pro Bowl is the but, craziest. But it's like, it's like, like all-pro, right? Where it's like, okay, the best of the best, that's your thing. That's what it used to be in the NHL, yeah, right? The all-star was the best players. Yeah, it, it, was, it, it, it used to be like that. And now all of a sudden it's just... Oh, we want to have everybody have a good time. It's, you know, we want everybody to be represented in, by the NHL because they deserve to be. No, if you don't have good enough players, sorry, you don't de- deserve to be in the All-Star game. And it's blunt to say that, but it's true. I, no, I don't, true. I'm not watching the All-Star game to say, oh, there's my Ottawa Senators player. No, I'm watching the All-Star game to see the best players out there play. Great. I 100% agree with you. And it's it's frustrating because... We build up these all-star things every year, like in every sport. You have the MLB all-stars. Well, every team needs to send somebody. Yeah. Like, great, okay. But then you have people who f- fall through the cracks who deserve a spot in the all-star. And some guys have all-star recognition in their contract, right? If they mm-hmm. make the all-star game, they get a bonus. In yeah, incentivized. Huh? Incentivized, yeah. It's incentivized, absolutely. But the problem is, is that if you're on a good team, Right? And you're having a great season. Like we can talk about William Nylander, right? Or Kadri even at this point. Yep. These guys have incentives in their contract to make the All-Star game, and they didn't make the All-Star game despite being top 20 in points. In That's crap. Like, you're losing out 100%. on an incentive because the league decided that they want it to be participation. And I understand that they want every franchise to be represented so that every fan across the entire fandom can cheer for their player in the all-star game. I totally understand that. And I, I don't mind having every team represented in the skills competition, right? Every team has to have somebody in the skills competition doing one event. Yeah. That's fine. I'm good with that. When mm-hmm. it comes to the actual game, it should be the best players playing against the best players. And that's where the NHL has fallen off. And that's where they're going to have a problem. And to put it into perspective, they really want Trevor Zegers in the all-star game. So they are coming up with a way to put rookies back into the skills competition. Like they used to have them. Remember, they they used to have the rookies versus the sophomores or something in like yeah, skills yeah, competition yeah. as it, well. Yeah, very very similar to the NBA, where it was like yeah. world versus North America type thing. Yeah, and it's not going to be a game, but it's going to be part of the skills competition. Like, great, yeah. that makes sense. Like, I understand that. Do that. But why are we, why are we playing this game where we're not having these kids in there already? No, and it's. I don't know. It's obviously it's a no-win situation. Like the MLB is the same way, where every team has to have one representative. But in the same aspect, one person in the MLB 
most likely deserves to be an all-star on every team just Correct. because there's so many more positions. That's the right. biggest thing. That's true, right? But there's sometimes – you there, every once in a while you come across a team that does not deserve an all-star. No. Yeah. Well, Cedric Mullins deserved to be an all-star last, last year. Last year he did, yes. But, I mean, in yeah. general, the last couple of years outside of last season, they have not 100%. really deserved an all-star. No, and it's one of those like, like, hey, maybe you have a pitcher who has like a sub three point two ERA, and it's like, all right, at the All Star break, he's deserving an All Star, and then all of a sudden you see him at the end of the season, he has a six point six ERA, yeah. and it's because he had a fantastic first half of the season, but the second half he just got lit up. Exactly, a hundred percent. I agree with you. So, all right, I think we've beaten this down a little too much. So let's uh, let's. And it there for our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. If you're looking for more information on the Kicking Academy, visit them at canadakickingacademy.com or follow them on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy. And Kyle, let's just jump right into it. It is super wild card weekend in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Are you excited for the extra two games? Of course. My team gets to play today on a Saturday, and then I can be miserable or very happy tomorrow. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully so, miserable. <laughs> hopefully not. But hopefully miserable. We'll see. we'll see how it goes. But no, it's it's one of those. I'm I'm excited. I'm not sure how to feel about the Monday game yet. I'm really not sure if I like that as an option with like two, three, and then one Monday. Like I get they're trying to get viewership, hundred percent. I understand that. But like, do I want to wait for one extra game on a Monday? Maybe because it gives you less of a break in between the next week's games yeah. but i mean i, I don't i don't really it, it, mind like it's, yeah. it's an extra football game it's an extra day that we get to watch football well i i would but you know you do it tomorrow and or you do it today and i have football to watch from 1 to eight fifteen. yeah i get what so. you're saying i get what you're saying i guess we'll have to see how it goes like if that monday night game is a great one everyone's gonna be like oh this is a great idea to put it on monday this is fantastic <laughs> like yeah Oh, 100%. percent i would be like, oh, okay, this definitely deserved its own day. Not even a question. Like, yeah. like, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I think it comes down to like how good each of the night games. So the Bills Patriots game tonight, the um, Steelers Chiefs game tomorrow, and then the Cardinals Rams game Monday. Like, if all three of them are top quality games where every, like, it comes down to the wire or it's entertaining all throughout. No one's going to say anything. Everyone's going to be like, oh, this is mm-hmm. great. If one of them is a dud, looking at yep. the Chiefs Steelers game as the possible dud, in my opinion. If one of them yep. is a dud, they're going to say, oh, they should have moved that to the Saturday 1 o'clock game and put the Rams Cardinals at uh, the night game for that day. Right? That's yeah, what it's going to be. We know that, and that's yeah. fine. That's just how it works. Um, yep. Let's break these games down one by one. We're going to go in order. We have the spreads. And then we're going to give our predictions at the end. I have Irfan's predictions, by the way. So we will mm-hmm. get his predictions in. Um, but let's start with the Saturday afternoon game. And it is Raiders visiting the Bengals, the Bungles. Uh, Bengals are five and a half point favorites going into this one. And I, I, the question is, and you see it on the screen right there, Kyle. And Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase handle their first NFL playoff game against a team that loves to bring pressure. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I think they do. Like I, I think they can handle it, but it's going to be tough. Like it is. It is a very good pass rush from the Vegas Raiders. No doubt yep. about it. 
So it's going to be how much can Joe Burrow feel that pass rush and make good decisions, especially in the first half. If he has a good first half, that changes the game. Oh, 100%. And I think I think Burrow is going to do enough. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, I, I think Jamar Chase, I don't think they have anybody to cover Jamar Chase. That's the problem. No. The problem with the Raiders is their secondary isn't good. It just it looks better because of how good their pass rush is. And that's the biggest thing. So if Jamar Chase can beat his guy, you might see Jamar Chase go for over 100 yards in this game quite easily. Because well, it'll, be it yeah, it'll be Burrow throwing the ball up to Chase and saying, hey, make a play, go catch it. And then, you know, as much as I hate to say it, it's going to be T. Higgins inside the, inside the red zone that's going to steal a touchdown away from Jamar Chase. It's just simple as that. That's how it works. But you know what? Is it stealing a touchdown if your team still gets the touchdown? Like – I don't think he's going to be complaining too much. As long as he gets one, I don't think he complains if the team comes out with the win. No offense. No, I know I, everyone I makes a big say, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that, but I'm, I'm just saying, I think Jamar Chase and Burrow, the kind of relationship they have, um, would, would love to say, hey, that those two tore it up, right? And it was like, oh my God, Chase had you know 120 yards and two touchdowns compared to, hey, he had 100 yards receiving and T. Higgins had four catches for two touchdowns. I get what you mean, but like at the same time, if he goes for 180 yards and a touchdown, I don't think he's going to be complaining. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not going to care. And that's, that's no, that's not what I was I'm trying to say. But it's um, most. I think the Bengals handle their business. I think. I think they take care of it. Um, I think the Raiders make it a game at the end, and I think it's going to be, become one of those you know potential backdoor covers of maybe it's four points rather than five and a half type of thing. Where it's hey we need a or when you hey we need a touchdown to to go up by three points and then all of a sudden the the numbers don't quite work yeah so uh, I could definitely see that but then again I could also see the Bengals winning by fourteen plus so because um, the biggest thing is the, the last time they played the Raiders did not or the Raiders did have Henry Ruggs who was their deep threat True. they no longer have a deep threat True. so. Um, unless Deshaun Jackson's going to roll back the clock again and all of a sudden start sprinting down the field. Um, I don't see that happening. I don't see it. But I 100%, I think, I think Renfro's going to be targeted a lot. I think uh, Waller's going to be targeted a lot. And I think they honestly truly abandon part of their run game. And I think that's going to be the case. So That's fair. I, I can see that happening for sure. And I think we're, we're looking at a, a potential for a very tight game, as you said. But if I think if the Bengals start quickly, they get that crowd going. That's mm-hmm. a, that is a tough place to play, notoriously, across the years. They haven't been the last few years because they weren't very good. Now that they're getting their good back, the fans are going to yeah. be coming out in droves. And if they can get that fan base going in the first quarter, I expect them to easily cover the five and a half, in my opinion. Um, but if not... It'd be a close game. We'll give our full predictions at the end, by the way, folks. Don't worry. We will bring them to you. Um, let's move on to the Saturday night game. This is your game, the one that you are most interested in, obviously, as a Patriots fan. And yep. it's a Patriots at the Bills. Bills are four-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. But the mm-hmm. question is, will Bill Belichick and the Pats ruin the Bills' season, placing them for the third time? I mean, I I personally think they get it done. That's just, and I'm not really being biased in this one. I'm actually very curious how this one goes out. But I think the Patriots control the clock with their run game. 
Damian Harris is averaging five and a half uh, yards per carry when it's coming to facing the Bills. He's had back-to-back 100-yard rushing games. Um, I think that the Patriots essentially run the ball down the Bills' throat, and eventually, like, Mac Jones will make passes. Don't get me wrong, but I think it's going to be run, run, third down, pass for a first down, run, run, third down, pass for a first down type of thing, um, and, and put themselves in a situation where it makes the Bills go down the field with not a whole lot of clock left um, to try and you know tie the game, win the game, whatever it may be. So even if the even if the Patriots don't don't win, I still think they would cover the four and a half because I think this will end up being like a field goal game. Fair enough, and I I think I don't know. I want to say the Bills cover just because I do think the Bills have the better roster right now, um, and I don't think you would argue that even no. as a Patriots fan. I think the Bills have the better roster, and I think it's going to come down to how uncomfortable they can make Mac Jones that defense. They can make him have to quickly get rid of the ball and make quick decisions, he will mm-hmm. struggle. And he's, he's shown that over the last four weeks or so, where he's ranked 33rd in uh, points added per play on third downs in garbage time situations, where yep. during the seven-game win streak that they had, he was fifth in the league. Yep. Like, if you can make him, make him have to make plays on third down and longer in a high-pressure situation like the playoffs... Mm-hmm. see how uncomfortable he gets. If they can make oh, them, if that, if that happens, the Bills cover easily. Well, and, that, and that, that's why I'm kind of curious to see which Josh Allen we get. Are we going to get Josh Allen that goes out there and throws 300 plus yards and three touchdowns? Or are we going to get Josh Allen there who's scrambling, forces throws, and all of a sudden has three picks at halftime against Atlanta? So that's to, to me, that's one of those. And, and yes, Mac Jones being a rookie and stuff like that. Don't be wrong. It, it, honestly, it depends on which Mac Jones we get. That's the biggest question. It comes down to the two quarterbacks. Like that's really what it is. Yeah, and it's not even. And that and it's 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 amazing because it's like the Bills have the better roster, but the Bills are not proven whatsoever in the playoffs. That's not at all. the biggest thing. Not at all. So it's one of those like like yeah like Patriots young roster like that kind of stuff, but they pretty much have very similar playoff experience than that the Bills do. Right. So. It's it, it, it honestly, I think this will be a very interesting game. Um, I the weather is going to play a factor. I know that for a fact. It's going to be essentially minus thirty. Well, so. did, you, did you hear uh, Josh Allen's comments this week, where apparently he has circulation issues, so he doesn't like playing in the cold because he can't grip the ball as well. I did not hear that, but yeah, came out this week that he has circulation issues, so he doesn't like. Well, maybe he should maybe he should listen to Boston Scott and take Viagra before the game. Bart Scott. Same thing. Yeah. No, the, but that's why it came out. That's why Bart Scott made those comments. Uh, okay. Okay. Because of what Josh Allen said is because he doesn't doesn't have great circulation. And not like I have that. I know that. I can still grip a football in the cold. Yeah. Never had that issue before. We used to play baseball. It, it, it might, it might be with the velocity he's throwing with. That he doesn't get the proper grip when he when it leaves his hand though. Because like right. Josh Allen throws the ball harder than most 99% of the league yeah so there okay fair enough. but like I just I thought that was a ridiculous comment you are the quarterback of the Buffalo freaking Bills yeah. don't make that comment out publicly yes you might no, it, it's, it might it's, be true it might be true yeah. don't say that out loud yeah. ever if that's the case why did you sign an extension with Buffalo you're going to play in the cold you're going to play in the cold it's just simple as that you're playing in Buffalo how it works. Yeah, and, and the overdrive guys talked about it on TSN this week, and I'm going to bring it up just because I thought it was a valid point. 
If the Bills want to have success, O-Dog said they need to build a dome state. Yep. Forget trying to be Buffalo and, oh, we're tough. We can play in the cold. If you want to have success with Josh Allen, we'll need to build a dome state next five years. You need, to, you need to make him into Kurt Warner. Yeah. Kurt Warner in a dome, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Kurt Warner outside of a dome, one of in the worst quarterbacks. Weather. In bad weather. Good weather doesn't really change anything for anybody. Yeah, but I mean, like, I would love to see the side-by-side stats of Kurt Warner with, in a dome without a dome and actually see what, what the difference is because from what I've seen and heard, it's quite a difference. So, well, yeah, um, so it's one of those, like, like is, is that something they need to do? Potentially. They were talking about doing potentially a new arena too. So, yeah. or a new, sorry, not a new arena, a new stadium. But I think those plans got squashed a little bit because the city of Buffalo didn't want to pay anything. So. Right. And or no, sorry. City of, the, the Pagula family wanted the city of Buffalo to pay everything. That's what it was. Yeah. Sorry. Because the Pagulas are cheap. So. Amazing. Anyway. You, own three, you, you own three franchises and you can't afford it. Nice. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to the Sunday slate there, Kyle. And mm-hmm. first up, your boy, Tommy B. Mm-hmm. You have to think about that, really? I was like, I was like, my boy, what are you talking about? And Brady and the Bucks put their tumultuous season behind them. Over eight and a half points at home against the Eagles. Yes. They've they have had a rough season with all the with all the crap they've gone through this season, just off the field more than anything. Oh, 100 percent. They've had a rough year. So yeah, that is a valid amazing. question. No, it's not. It, it is 100 percent a valid question. But the biggest thing is the Eagles can't throw the ball. Eagles can run the ball. The Bucks can defend the run. The Bucks can't defend the pass. So <laughs> this this is just a this is a nightmare matchup for the Eagles. It really is. Like the Eagles, if they were to match up with anybody else, who like, hey, maybe they don't stop the run the best, but they're really good against the pass. All of a sudden, it's like, okay, Eagles have a chance to upset. Like to me, the Bucks take care of business, even though they don't have, like you know, they went from having three star wide receivers and a, and a pretty damn good tight end right now to one star receiver and a pretty damn good tight end right now. Yeah. So, I mean, I still think they find a way to get done. Fournette apparently is coming back for for this game too. So look for him to get heavily involved in the game. Um, and look for Le'Veon Bell to be out of the backfield as a like, third down guy, uh, catching back out of the backfield and see what he can do. So I, I think the Bucks probably win by 10 plus. Um, I think they cover eight and a half pretty easily. But, I mean... We'll see what Jalen Hurts has because Jalen Hurts still an enigma when it comes to playoffs. So. I mean, he's. This reminds me of Ebo when he was with the Broncos that year. Like we had no idea what to expect—a mobile quarterback, yeah. kind of uh, underrated going into the season. No one really knew what to expect. Could this be his? Hey, look what we can do, game. Right? <laughs> like, Could be. I don't know. And you mentioned the Bucks defense; they do have the third fewest rushing yards against in the league, but they've also had like the fewest rush attempts against in the league. I'll see. Well, it's because they, it's because everybody knows how good they are. So they throw the ball instead. <laughs> right. But here's my thing is that when you look at yards per carry, they give up 4.3 yards per carry. Right. So if the Eagles the, uh, offense can get the run game going and that continues 4.3 times three is more than 10. So they're getting first downs. 
Now, that's not how it's going to work. I'm fully aware of that fact. Yeah. But it doesn't bode completely bad that they do have a rush defense going up against them that gives up more than four yards per carry. 100%. 100%. Right? Again, I do think that the Bucks defense is a great rush defense. That's not that's not what I'm trying to say here. But in the yeah. Eagles' defense, they might actually have a chance if they can get the run game going. But they have to get the run game going and use a lot oh. of play-action passes across the middle for short games just to open up some stuff. Because if you're just doing run, they, you're screwed. They have to use Dallas Goddard. Dallas yep. Goddard has got to be huge in this game for the Absolutely. Eagles. As that underneath rope guy, you know, six, seven-yard chunk plays, that kind of stuff. That's That's how... The Eagles, if they have any chance of winning, have got to do that. They've got to use that accordingly. And they have to hope that uh, Darius Slay shuts down Mike Evans. Yeah, 100%. And it's it's going to be interesting, obviously. Like, I'm not going to say this is going to be an easy walk for the Bucks because it might be. But until yeah. I see it, there's no way to know that because we're looking at a team that, quite frankly, as you said, they lost two of their three best receivers. Yep. In Godwin and then Brown with what we saw happen there. Um Gronk yep. has been good. I wouldn't say he's been yeah, Gronk Gronk was hurt for a good chunk of the season with that back injury when he took that shot yeah. over the middle. Yeah. But I mean he's he's essentially an automatic five catches, sixty yards type of guy. Yeah. So and and you know, to be honest, he's going to need to probably do more than that to get them over the hump. Um because if there's any chance that Slade does shut down Evans, then he's going to need another outlet. Maybe it's a Scotty Miller day. Who knows? Scotty Miller day. Wow. All right. Let's go Scotty Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we also did forgot to mention Devonta Smith would also be a, a big factor for the Eagles. If you can get some yards, that, that opens up a yep. lot. Um. Great question from Dexy sixty five. Uh, who's back? Welcome back. Uh, is Fournette back from injury? You said he was, right? They're, they're expecting he's, him he's, to be back. He's expected to play, so he is questionable technically. Still, they did uh, activate him from the IR. They expect him to play, um, but obviously, if there's any sort of hiccup between now and tomorrow, then most likely not. You'll see a heavy load of Le'Veon Bell. Um, with a, a mixture in of uh, Keyshawn Bond. Yeah. All right. We are going to take a quick break. We'll bring you the rest of the previews right after that, as we got three more games to get through and our predictions. And then we got tire fires and final thoughts. We got a lot more coming. Don't leave us just yet. Right here on Garage Door Sports. Hey everyone, this is Irfan Manji from Touchline Thoughts, powered by the Garage Door Sports Network. We are an all-soccer podcast hosted by yours truly and Paige Culver. We provide news, analysis, and opinions each episode as well. You can listen to us on your favorite podcatcher and follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Cheers. We're back. Nick, Kyle... Bringing you the NFL Super Wildcard Weekend preview. We've already covered the first three games, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Now we got the last three games to do. There's a lot Maybe going on this weekend, obviously. <laughs> so, next up, my man, we got the game that I could care less about. I couldn't care less about, actually, I should say. In my opinion, I have no interest in this. I don't care. 
49ers heading to Dallas to play the Cowboys. Dallas is three-point favorites in this one. Uh, both teams are coming in four and one, so they're both playing well down the stretch. Now, I think one of those stretches was a lot harder, but that's a whole other issue. Who's Who do you like in this one, dude? I got the Niners in this one. Um, okay. First underdog. I think, I think the Niners um, are just rolling right now. And don't get me wrong, the Cowboys have, have been strong as well with, with a 4-1 finish. But the Niners right now had to essentially play for their lives in order to make the playoffs. Cowboys kind of just coasted in type of thing. That's because they're um, the worst division in the league. Exactly. I so, I mean, the Niners are also the Niners are in the toughest division of the league. Like, yeah. And I don't think that's close. Yep. So, uh, I mean, I guess you could argue the AFC North now with every team being good, but whatever. Um like to, to me, the Niners are are going to be the team that surprises some people. I think Debo Samuel using him in the out of the backfield and out wide is very dangerous. I think using I think Kittle's gonna have a huge game against the Cowboys. Because I'm I'm kind of curious as to who's going to cover him. Um, can cover you know, is who it, can it, cover him in the league, first of all? How many guys can and, cover Kittle in the league? And uh, it's gonna be one of those things where it's, you know. Can Dallas get enough pressure on San Fran to, you know, disrupt the, the passing game? I don't know. Um, Trent Williams was rated the number one tackle in the NFL based on like all the ratings and stuff. And, and so he's going to shut down that left side. So you're going to have to get pressure on the opposite side. You're going to have to get Parsons to come in up, up the middle or whatever it may be, but it's going to have to be quick in order to not get torched by these receivers. I mean, Brandon Ayuk would disappear in the first six games of the season and then came on and became the, the receiver. Everybody's like, oh, my God, this is what we thought he was going to be. He's going to be a guy who can have five catches in 85 yards. who we thought he was. Exactly. And, and to be honest, I am just – I'm expecting a huge game in a Debo Samuel. I think he's going to torch Trayvon Diggs um, because I'm assuming Trayvon Diggs will be on him because if, if I'm Dallas, I want my best corner on the best receiver. So, I mean, Debo will torch him. That's the thing. Because Trayvon Diggs, yes, he has a lot of picks, but he also gives up almost the most yards in the league as a corner. So, yeah. And I mean, you look at the ability of the 49ers defense to rush the passer, right? Mm -hmm. I think they were fifth in the league in pass rush win rate this year. Which is crazy. Yeah, and the Cowboys' offensive line is terrible. And the Cowboys, yeah, well, that's a whole other issue. Um, but that's just that's a crazy stat. They were fifth in the league in pass rush win percentage. Like, that's a good stat to have. And as you mentioned, that the Dallas offensive line outside of Martin, mm. I think he was the highest rated. He was the highest rated center, wasn't he? On PFF, uh, left guard. Yeah, was he left guard? Sorry, you're right. My bad, left guard. Outside of him, their offensive line has been questionable. Not well, awful. Their, ta- their, yeah, their tackles are terrible. Their tackles are terrible. Yeah. So the that, that de- the, the defensive ends, yeah, the defensive ends will eat them. It's just a matter of if they're double teams from inside. If Zach Martin kicks out and double teams on the outside, then it'll be interesting to see who can get home. It might have to be brought up pressure on some blitzes for the Niners to try and get up the middle to try and force those those solo one-on-one rushes on the outside. Yeah. And then I mean, the, the, other, the, the question does become, can they stop the run, right? As you know, yeah. 65 I, I, that question is, well, can the 49ers stop the run? And, uh, I mean, that's a great question because 
I don't know how much success they really had stopping the run this year. Like, is that something I, I, that they've been good at? I think I think the biggest thing is not necessarily like I think they I think they were middle of the pack when it came to stopping the run, but um, the biggest thing is is Dallas is is Dallas going to run the ball? That's the biggest key. That's true. Dallas, well, yeah. Right, because because when when Zeke is in there, they're not the greatest at running the ball. But when Tony Pollard's in there, they are good at running the ball. So it's going to be curious as to how they use those 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 backs as complementary to each other. Um, because Zeke had an okay season. I, I wouldn't say he had a good season. I'd say it was okay. Um, but it's one of those, you know, is Kellen Moore going to drum up some runs to try and try and kill the clock and try and not give the Niners the ball back? Or, or is he going to dial up the big plays and try and get some shots to CD Lamb down the field? I, I don't know what his mentality is for that. I, I'm, I'm kind of curious as to what he does there. But either way, they're going to have – whatever way they go, they're going to have to capitalize on their opportunities. You, yeah. you can't have missed opportunities against this Niners team because they will make you pay. Yeah. And, I mean, the Niners did have the seventh best run defense. Right? Yeah. They averaged less yards – per carry than the Buccaneers who we just said have one of the best, if not the best run defense in the league. Yeah. And they also had almost 80 more attempts against. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you have Fred Warner in the middle of your defense, who's arguably one of the top two linebackers in yeah. the league right there, um, it helps a lot. So hundred yeah, percent. So, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting game. I personally just don't care, <laughs> but I just have no interest in the game for some reason. I don't know why either. Like I should. I just can't. I mean, you should. If the Niners win, you play them. I know. I just don't care. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Oh. Uh, from the closest spread game to the widest spread game, <laughs> the Sunday Nighter sees the limping in Pittsburgh Steelers in Ben Roethlisberger's most likely last run. I'm not going to say last game yet because it hasn't happened, but I'm going to say last run. Head into AC to play the Chiefs, who are 12.5-point favorites in this one. Yep. Is there any way, any way, that the Steelers can win this game, Kyle? Is there any way? Yes. How? What would have to happen for the Steelers to win this game? Steelers would have to control the clock and basically run the ball down the Chiefs' throat, and not give them a chance, which is possible if they if they use not. But the biggest question is Najee Harris going to play? So yeah, I'm going to go. With apparently, no. he's, apparently he's questionable to play. So I'm going to go with no if Najee Harris is there. If if Najee Harris is there, there's a chance. They can run the ball down the Chiefs' throat. The Chiefs have not been playing great football the last couple of weeks. Um, so so with that being said, you know, is there a chance? Of course there's a chance. I mean, they barely snuck out the win against the uh, the Broncos. They lost to the Bengals in that week, seven, week 17 matchup. Don't get me wrong, that was a great game between the two of them. But, I mean, you go back to that week, six, week 16 game against the Steelers. Is that going to be a repeat of this game? Could be. I, I don't. It honestly kind of depends on if Big Ben just says, "Hey, let's just go out there and play." You know, we got no. There's no pressure on the Steelers in this game. If they get pumped, hey, we made the playoffs. Big Ben's ride, we're good. If the if the Steelers come out and all of a sudden go up on the Chiefs early, then all the pressure is on the Chiefs because they have to come back. This is the Chiefs. 
this is the Chiefs' year to try and go through the AFC. So the AFC is AFC is not great right now. Yeah, I guess so. Sorry, no, it's not. That is not great. It's so up in the air because there's no number one team, right? Like you look at the NFC. NFC is the Packers, and then we'll see who plays them and can potentially upset them. In the AFC, there's not that case. You could argue that five of these six teams, five of these seven teams, could make the AFC championship. Yeah, hundred percent. So, so it's one of those like the Steelers are gonna have to control that and hope to hell that TJ Watt has the game of his life and puts Patty Mahomes in you know in counseling because he makes him have nightmares all game. Like that's what it's gonna have to do. <laughs> That might be the best quote so far today. We've had some good ones. <laughs> yeah. so. um, I agree with you. I think the Steelers will need to absolutely control that line. And if they can control the line of scrimmage on offense and allow their running backs to run, whoever it is, because personally, I don't think Harris, uh, Najee should play. Based off what yeah. I saw last week, he should not be playing. But if he does... Whoever it is there, they need to control the line of scrimmage to allow those guys to do it. And they might. I don't... I, I know Jones is good on defense for the Chiefs and can can disrupt stuff, but yeah. I, I'm not scared of the Chiefs' defense either when it comes to their running game. No. Like, I, you can run no. at them. Um, no, so, I, I, I think the biggest thing is, is how big of a factor does... Ingram play who was traded from Pittsburgh to Kansas right. City during the season how big of a factor does he play because to be honest they're going to key on Chris Jones and say hey somebody else should. beat us other than Chris Jones as they should 100% yeah, not, not, not even a question but the other thing is you know if Juju I've, I've heard Juju's been actually coming back too so how does he play a factor in that it doesn't in that, matter if, if Big Ben can't throw the ball anyway oh 100% but, but if Juju comes back all of a sudden, the Kansas City uh, Kansas City defense, who got torched the last two weeks, like all oh, that secondary, all of a sudden, hey, maybe there's a big play to Chase Claypool. Maybe the underneath for Juju is open, right? Yep. Deontay yep. Deontay Johnson all of a sudden now has eight catches for twenty yards because he's doing the third down, third and two, just catch it. Yeah, doing what he should I mean, be doing on third and two. Well, I mean, he still has to catch the ball. That's his biggest issue right now, yes. but. In saying that, there, there's there's definitely a possibility that the Steelers win this game, or at least cover. Uh, I mean, it, do they need a lot of help? Not even a question. They need a lot of help. But it's the playoffs. Crazier things have happened. So um, Okay, I'm going to throw a couple weird random stats at you, though. Ready for this? Yep. Ben Roethlisberger is 3-4 and four in wildcard games in his career, which is tied for the most losses on wildcard weekend with Hall of Famer Peyton Manning and Andy Dalton. That might be the weirdest trio of quarterbacks to be tied for a stat ever. You have, you have two Hall of Famers and the Red Rocket. Yeah, just the weirdest <laughs> combination. But the yes. other thing is, in his last two playoff games, both losses, by the way, Big Ben has thrown for more than 450 passing yards, four TDs. Both were losses. I think this Steelers defense is better than the two that he had in those games. So, if he Agreed. goes for 400-plus yards and four TDs, I think the Steelers win. It was one of those – I can't remember what the stat was. I'm going to try and find it. Um, 
but I sent it saying it was something along the lines of essentially if the Steelers make, or sorry, it was any team with a negative point differential in the regular season that makes the playoffs in the last like two or three years is four or five and zero oh or something. So that would be both the Raiders and the Steelers this year. So you're saying one of them will win their game. Correct. Basically. So one of, one of them will win the game. And I'm all over the Bengals, so I don't believe it's going to be the Raiders. I don't think so... it's the Raiders either. Maybe, Maybe it is the Steelers. Steelers. I don't know. Who knows? But going back so the to the Niners and Patriots games, three versus six seeds in the last four years, the three seed is 0-6. Interesting. Sorry, one and one and one and six, something like that. Something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, the other stat I was going to throw your way: uh, Patrick Mahomes is six and zero in the playoffs against QBs not named Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> Just random stats. I, I I like random stats. You know that. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes this year is also not Patrick Mahomes of the last two years. So is Patrick Mahomes not the quarterback for the last two years, or is the offense? making mistakes, forcing him to try to be more than he normally Patrick Mahomes. I will debate that with you. Patrick Mahomes has an offensive line this year. He has no excuse. Yes. But the players are not catching the ball that he throws to them. Well, just because Tyreek Hill you know, has other things on his mind other than catching the ball, that's not really his fault. Well, that's not Mahomes' fault either. Right? Still have to throw it to him and not the defender. Valid, but the problem is, is that at the beginning of the season, no, 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 I'm, I'm going to get into this now. You got me going. At the beginning of the season, the players were dropping the ball. He wasn't, he wasn't throwing interceptions at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. After watching his team drop the ball multiple times over the first few weeks, Patrick Mahomes then decided that he needed to make plays happen, right? And that's why we saw these like ridiculous scrambles trying to wait for the guys to get open that he knew were going to catch the ball, i.e., Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. Those guys are pretty consistent with catching the ball. He was trying to wait for them to get open. Mm-hmm. That didn't work because he would wait, 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 get and get pressure, and then just try to launch it towards them. Well, if you do that, you're going to get intercepted. So I yes. actually say that because of the drops early in the season, he tried to do too much and forced plays to happen later in the season, which caused the interceptions. But he's and so, still such an incredible quarterback that a lot of the plays still work. But we we highlight. Yeah, the I, I, well, don't don't be wrong. I still think he's an incredible quarterback. Is he the Mahomes of? last year and two years ago no he's not the same quarterback right now can he be not even a question of course he could be but as as you just said because he's overthinking things and trying to force things he's making mistakes compared yes, to you know, i agree with that 100 yeah in a couple of years time when he truly does develop into the quarterback everybody thinks he's going to be with like you know eventually the best of all time whatever it may be if he plays the rest of his time he's going to learn that you don't force things down the field you throw it away you punt you get the ball back like that's the things in Mahomes' games that he still doesn't understand. Right. He's still he's still the running gun. Hey, I need to get this ball down the field. You know, maybe it's because he has too much trust in the people he's throwing the ball to. I don't know. I I don't know that if that's the case or not. Right. Sure. Maybe he maybe he trusts Tyreek Hill to outrun somebody, but if he doesn't if he you know doesn't outrun the guy, and all of a sudden the defender's still there. You know, is that on Mahomes or is that on Hill? I that that I don't know. I mean, it's it's little aspects of the the game like that for Mahomes that he doesn't have this year that he can develop, but doesn't have this year that he had in previous years. Fair enough. 
All right, let's move on. We got one more game left. The Monday Nighter. And I actually, in my opinion, I think this is going to be the most entertaining game. Maybe the Bills-Patriots, but I think this one might have it. Cardinals head into LA. Four-point dogs against the Rams. Divisional battle. Stafford do what he was brought in to do and win playoff games. What he was brought in to do. That was what the trade was for. Yep. Now, can he do it is the question. He's got a good team around him. Now, the Cardinals are a very good team as well. Let's not deny that fact. These two are very, very tight. What happens, Kyle? He doesn't get it done. Doesn't get it done. I was. I, I don't. I don't. And it's one of those like we, we obviously we, we did the betting house pod and 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 we we debated this uh, because you know we're we're split. We're two of us are on Cardinals, two of us are on Rams. It's. But are you guys? It's, we're, so we're are two split. of you on Cardinals money line and two of you on no Rams plus line? We're, we're Cardinals with plus the, points the, and then the other ones are Rams minus four. So um, the biggest thing is I don't know. Right? I mean <laughs> Arizona has looked fantastic in the beginning of the year. Then had their spurt. Then at the end of the year, they 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 came back a little bit. Like they 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 showed who they were at the end of the season. Like they they kind of came back in the last couple of games. But at the same point, the Rams have had their ups and downs. And Stafford, I think I think we were looking at Stafford in the last three games is eight touchdowns, eight picks. Like, I you, you to be honest, you can't trust either one of these teams to show up. And it's 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 saying something, but you can't. Um. So it's it's one of those I I don't know I it's I think I think Cardinals win this game I truly do I th- I think the Rams are gonna are, are gonna have a letdown game I think Stafford's gonna try and force things I think it's very much like what we're saying with Mahomes I think Stafford is gonna get pressure on him and he's gonna try and try and force things to to you know Cooper Cup or something like that and and it's going to be um. You know, Arizona's going to get a quick pick, quick pick. We'll see if James Conner's played. I think that's a, a big factor for Arizona oh, as well, if James Conner does play. If not, it'll be a Chase Edmonds. It'll be the check down. I think Edmonds is going to be the lead back anyways. But James Conner around the red zone and punching that, that ball in is huge for the Arizona team who, you know, they don't they don't have D-hop for this game. Um, I mean, Arizona's hoping they go a little bit further so that D-hop does play, but we'll see how that goes. Um but in saying that, I think the Cardinals win. Fair enough. Um, I mean, this is this is going to be a close game. This is going to be a tough game to to predict, just because there are so many variables. You you mentioned it. Is D Hop gonna be D Hop? Is he even gonna play? Like we don't know. We don't know what to expect from him coming into this game. Um, Stafford's playing what is it is this his first playoff game no uh first in a while first in a long time but is it actually his first playoff game i'm actually no. curious but this no because uh the lion lions won the division in like 2015 2016 something like that yeah yeah they were like or they i don't know if they won the division but they're 10 and 7 i remember something like that oh here we go what are the playoff page Yes, this is his fourth playoff game. Yeah. All three other ones he lost. And yeah, so so Stafford in the last four games is eight touchdowns, eight picks. Not good. No. Not good enough. 
but these these two teams come in being like two of the closest matched up teams that we've we've seen. Right? Mm-hmm. Eighth and ninth in offense, eleventh, seventeenth in defense. Um the big thing for the Rams is they have the fifth best pass defense in the league, right? Going up against an Arizona team who is about mid pack in the rush game. Yep. So if they can they can have some success there, then I mean you're looking at a team that is in the right is on the right track to win the game, but they really need to shut down those wide receivers and shut down the pass game and force Tyler to try to beat them on the rush. Even though they don't have the best rush game, Aaron Donald is a beat. Oh, Aaron Donald is Aaron Donald. It's yeah. as simple as that. As long as you have Aaron Donald in the field, he's going to make a play or two that's going to make a difference. And I think he, that's No, the, but the thing he, is, even if he doesn't make plays in games, he forces you to key on him so other players can make plays. That's the biggest thing about Aaron Donald. If you look at his stats, he doesn't necessarily always blow you off the page every game. He is not getting two sacks a game or forcing fumbles or getting knockdowns. But that's because he's double, sometimes triple teamed and opening up spots for his teammates. And that's the biggest impact he's going to have in this game, in my opinion. If he can do that, the Rams succeed on the defensive side. Now, whether or not they succeed on the offensive side, that's a different issue. That's not an Aaron Donald issue, right? And he can't do anything about that. So yep. I'm not worried about him on the defensive end. I'm not worried about the Rams defense, period. I think they are a very, very good defense. Underrated. I know they're ranked 17th going into the game, but I think that they're better than their stats have said. From what I've seen, it's going to come down to how good Matt Stafford can be and how effective he can be at getting the ball to the playmakers. 100%. And that's really what it comes down to. And if he can do that, they win this game easily, in my opinion. Not maybe yep. not easily because Arizona is a good. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say easily, but I, I think I think it'd be very similar to like the previous game they played, where it's like a thirty to twenty three game. Yeah, I think it's gonna be very similar, to like that type of thing, yeah. compared I, to their first matchup, which I believe the Cardinals won handedly, if I remember correctly. I believe so. Let's just check. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the first the first game they played was thirty seven twenty for Arizona. So, I mean, and that's because Stafford threw two touchdowns, one pick. Um, but Cooper Cup was bottled up for five catches and sixty-four yards. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. So, if if yeah. Arizona shuts down Cooper Cup, that that's the end. All right, Kyle, time to give our predictions for all six games. Um, I'm going to give actually Irfan's first since he's not here. Might as well get his done. And in his six games, he has the Raiders. Winning. He thinks Carr is going to be good. He thinks Carr is going to win the game for the Raiders. Okay. Uh, Bills, they're going to bottle up. Uh, or sorry, let me let me correct this. I'm reading it again. He said, they better not bottle it because he has them going deep in the playoffs. Mm. Okay. Um, the Chiefs, because of Mahomes. The Bucks because of Brady. Simple enough there. The Cowboys... He believes in them in this game. From what he's t- said to me, he probably doesn't believe in them much going forward. Yeah. And then he has the Rams only by a pinch. Uh, road team winning each matchup and the spread on the wins for cards, but the Rams being good under uh, McVay gives them the edge in his mind. So that That's an interesting stat that we didn't really talk about. Is that, um, every, every road team has won a few games in this matchup so far this season. 
mm-hmm. and it's going to be played in LA. Um, who do you got? And uh, yeah, who do you got in these games, man? Uh, in that order, I have Cincinnati, uh, New England, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, and Arizona. And I will be taking Cincinnati as well. I have the Bills, but it's going to be a close game, so I could see it going either way. But I have the Bills just because, as we said, I think they have the better roster. Um, I have the Chiefs. I think they they easily handle the Steelers. Yep. Bucks as well. Uh, I think they win that game pretty handily. I don't know who I'm picking in the Cowboys 49ers game. I, this is just... In my head, this is such an ugly matchup. Yep. I, I think I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. Yeah. So because of that, I'm going to give it to the 49ers because I think they, are, they have a better chance of making a defensive play mm-hmm. than the Cowboys. Although I know everyone's going to say, well, Micah Parsons. Yeah, great. But if he makes one defensive play and the 49ers make two, take it the 49ers. Yeah. Um, and I'm leaning towards the Rams in this one. I think they get it done. I think Stafford gets his first playoff win. It's going to be close, though. It's going to be a one to three point game, in my opinion. I don't think it's a, a touchdown win. I think it comes down right to the end. Maybe a missed field goal or something costs the game. Yep. So that's where I'm leaning. All right. That that's it, man. So we are now right. on two. Super wild card weekend. Hopefully we do pretty well on these predictions because uh, when we come back next week, we're going to have to recap them and see how we did. Let's quickly wrap up the show and let's start with the tire fires of the week. And I know for the show, we're talking the Indianapolis Colts absolutely blowing a playoff spot, a pretty much guaranteed playoff spot going into last weekend. All they mm-hmm. needed to do was beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's it. That's all you needed to do. Yeah, they forgot what they were supposed to do. They yep. didn't show up because the Jacksonville Jaguars beat them 26 to 11. Mm-hmm. Not good enough. That is a tire fire. That is an issue. Uh, we could have just said the Jacksonville Jaguars were a tire fire, by the way. Their fans showed up to the game in clown costumes to. Uh, protest the way the ownership and everything works, and then yep. their team goes out and wins the game. Just awful. Yep. That's the show's one. What is yours this week, Kyle? Um, mine's the Miami Dolphins. Um, okay. The fact that they fired Brian Flores for a apparently what they said was a power struggle with the GM, which if there is a power struggle between the GM, the GM should lose that because Brian Flores has carried that team to two back-to-back winning seasons. And the only way that they were going to get Deshaun Watson as their potential quarterback was because Brian Flores was there. So now Deshaun Watson will not be going to Miami. Sorry to burst Dolphins fans hopes, but it's not happening because Brian Flores was apparently the leading guy as to why Deshaun Watson wanted to go to Miami. So the fact that the Dolphins have fired their head coach who led them to -to back-to-back winning seasons is just the ultimate tire fire because they were on the up and up. And now whoever goes in there, I don't think we'll have as much success. I don't think they'll have as much success as Flores. And it's, it's disappointing because the more, the the more that teams are better in each division, the better football is being played. 
And, yep. and it's one of those, it's, it's upsetting because, well, for me, I couldn't care any less because I'm a Patriots fan. So if the Dolphins lose, I couldn't give less of a shit. But in saying that, I, lo- I love when teams are more competitive and it makes it for better football, it makes it better watching all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, whoever gets them next, if it's the Bears, if the Bears get Brian Flores and Brian Flores can turn around that Bears team because Matt Nagy is finally gone, watch for the Bears next year to be a very, very good team. I mean, obviously, we have to see how Fields develops. But in saying that, that Bears team has a lot of potential. You know, Darnell Mooney potentially is developing into, like, their top receiver. I don't think he is their top receiver or he's a a number one. He's a very solid number two. So, I mean, if he can truly develop and keep going, watch out for the Bears. So, I mean, watch for the Bears and Dolphins to flip records this year. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Yeah, no, the the Dolphins getting rid of Flores was a shock to me. Like, I thought – I know they didn't start off great this season. What, one in seven? Yep. And then they reeled off seven straight wins and mm-hmm. finished. They were finished eight and nine, right? Uh, they, nine yes. Eight? No, nine and eight. I think. Nine and eight. They finished nine and eight. They finished with a winning record. Yeah, yeah. Back-to-back winning records. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's that is a mess. That was a good tire fire, Kyle. Um, my personal tire fire for this week: African Cup of Nations. Yep, I'm sure you saw this story. This was an absolute Kong show. Tunisia Mali game. The referee blew the game dead in the 86th minute. That he was done. Realized he had made a mistake. Restarted the game mm-hmm. from that moment. Showed somebody a red card. Oh, by the way, there was two penalties, um, two VAR reviews, a red card shown, and then in the 89th minute plus or 89th plus 40, so the 90th minute technically, but the 89th minute really, he blows the yeah. game dead again. How, yep. How? We haven't even played 90 minutes at this point. 90 minutes have not been played. He's blown the game dead twice. Like, not just dead for a free kick. He called the final whistle twice. He did the three blows. How is it? Huh? Yeah. Like, what is going on? And then, to build on to this, Tunisia's staff exploded, by the way. Mali won the game 1-0 at this point. Yeah. Which I, I totally understand. A one nothing game. They had they scored their penalty. The other team missed their penalty. Whatever. Um. After that, the Afcon, the African Cup of Nations, the like federation said, "Oh no, no, no! There needs to be three minute more minutes played in this game." This was like thirty minutes after. Yeah, I think it was thirty eight. Um. And they're like, "Okay, bring the teams back out. We're gonna play three more minutes." Well, Tunisia had already started their ice baths and were already, like, getting ready to leave. Like, they were done. Yeah. So Mali came back on. The team that won came back on. Um, and Tunisia's like, we're not playing. Like, our guys are already in ice baths. We can't get them warmed up again just to play five minutes. Like, that's just... First of all, that's not good for the human body to go from working out, then into an ice bath, and then try to work out again. That's just... 
is not ideal. 100%. It's like, well, like, what did you expect them to do? You called the game. You ended it. You said it yeah. was over. You, what do you expect them to do after the game? Sit there and stew for an hour before they start cooling down? Like, no, they're, yeah, exactly. they're going to get ready for their next match. Just an absolute gong show, an absolute mess of a show in yep. the African Cup of Nations. There's been some great soccer being played over there, but that was just a mess and fully deserving of a tire fire of the week. 100%. 100%. Just bad. All right, Kyle, wrap it up for us. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. It's playoffs are here for football. It's it's that's simple as that. That's my thoughts right now is playoff football. So, um I mean, it's going to be an exciting weekend. We'll, we'll see how these games go. I really hope that there's a lot of good games, a lot of close games. Um, and I think I hope there's a lot of games that come down to, you know, a last play or a last drive or whatever it may be, because those are games that you truly want to watch, right? I'm hoping, like, the, even the most boring game that we think is going to happen, which is, like, Steelers-Chiefs, ends up being one where it's, oh, my God, like, they have a chance to come back. Like, oh, Could my God, they like, have the ball. Pull it out. Could Big Ben exactly. pull it out? Exactly. Like, it's like... It, like, oh, Steelers are down by four with two minutes left. Big Ben's got the ball to go win the game, right? Like, I really hope it comes down to something like that where it, it, there's it, there's a reason to watch the game where it's not at halftime. It's, you know, 28-3 at half. And it's like, okay, I'm not watching that. Like, that's just I agree. done. So my biggest hope is, is that that there's quality games and that it leads into a quality playoffs overall. I agree. I think, I think we have a good chance of that. So hopefully that, that happens. Um, my final thought of the week is actually going to, I'm sticking with soccer. Um, Alfonso Davies news is devastating for team Canada. Obviously, um, him not going to be able to play in the next, uh, qualifying round where they play Honduras, us and El Salvador. Very tough window for sure. Um, obviously we, we wish him the best. myocarditis is an inflammation of the heart. Um, it sounds like it's a very mild case that can be dealt with with a little bit of rest and anti-inflammatories, like basic anti-inflammatories like Advil or something. So yep. hopefully that's the case. Hopefully it's just a couple weeks where he's sitting and he's not sidelined for 12 weeks or 14 weeks or months on end because that is where it becomes, okay, now this is a real concern for this player, this person. Forget the player. I, I'm not, At this point, you're not worried about the player. This yep. person moving forward in their life. Like that becomes a real big issue and hopefully it's not the case and he's fine like that's that's kind of where i'm at right now so um yeah that's my final thought for the week looking out for alfonso davies is all we all i'm worried about right now i like it Uh, speaking of soccer kyle quick promo for you this week we will be bringing you the cpl draft Mm -hmm. we've already done the nfl draft now it's time for the CPL U Sports Draft happening this Thursday. Pre-show starts at 7.45 when the draft starts at 8 o'clock. We will have guest analysts on, a couple of them you know. Maybe maybe you don't. But some great analysts will be joining us on Thursday. I will be running the show. Hopefully you'll be there, but we'll see. Yep. Um Regardless, it's going to be a great time. We're going to have lots of in-depth talk on each player getting picked as well as what each team needs heading into the draft. Obviously, eight teams, 16 picks across two rounds. 
going to be some big moves, I'm sure. So make sure you tune in on Thursday. We'll have that for you at 7.45. Kyle, that'll do it for us today. We're done. We'll see you next week with more talk. Maybe we'll recap the CPL draft. We'll talk about Super Wildcard Weekend and head into the divisional round. We'll talk more NHL, I'm sure. Uh, NBA probably on the docket. We got lots that we could talk about next week. But for now, we want to thank you for listening. If you are looking for us on social media, check out Garage Door Sport on Twitter, Garage Door Sports on Instagram. If you're looking for myself, it's at Nick McVicker. If you are looking for Kyle, it is at Kyle Vardy on Twitter and Instagram. Thankfully, we're pretty straightforward. Very easy to deal with. Um, Mm -hmm. Check us out for more takes there. As far as the show, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.